Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Enever. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to this session of Business Conversations and today we are talking with Sue Lester of Growing Content. Now Sue specialises in clearing head trash. Sue is actually Australia's leading expert in optimising unconscious blueprints. Now, that's sounding very interesting, Sue, and I'm lining up a whole bunch of questions for you about that. Excellent. But uh, Sue shares her insights with individuals, teams, and audiences across the globe, uh, focusing on creating lasting behavioural change through mindset shifts, head trash clearing, and unconscious blueprint optimization. And today, specifically, we want to be talking about feeling successful inside and out, which essentially covers the role of mindset and health in success. But just to come out of left field for you, Sue, tell us about the ANSWER transformational program. <laughs> so pleased you asked, Clive. Nothing like a bit of a left field. <laughs> um, so the ANSWER, it links in with my um, new book, Answering the Call to Adventure. But the ANSWER is awareness neuroscience, support, ways forward, excitement and results. So if you're looking for the answer to creating change in your life, you need those two, four, six elements. There you go. (laughs) And no doubt this has sprung from all of your years of dealing with this transformational change. Absolutely. My own personal experience before I even started studying it and then the dozen or so years um, since I first started my business, you know, it's an ongoing, um, exciting journey, actually, because there's so many tools and technologies and new ways and everyone I work with, I learn things from, and, you know, people I can study, um, people I can model. It's a fascinating field. Good. And you mentioned there that uh, your own change. Tell us about how you got into this business. <laughs> Always a glittering mess of head trash. <laughs> I, I was actually working for a national social enterprise at the time, um, working enormous hours, doing, you know, madly waving my magic wand. Um, and I was responsible for um, recruiting, screening, training, and supporting about um, 200 volunteer mentors, plus training our own staff to train the students that I was going to match them with in you know, a youth mentoring program. And I seriously needed help. Um, so I came across neuro-linguistic programming um, and started studying that because it gave me the tools and techniques and um, it helped me clear my own head trash so I could be in a better position to, um, to do my job well and also support those who I was recruiting to work with um, disadvantaged youth because there's no such thing as a neutral mentoring program. It either benefits or it does harm. Indeed, uh, if you're working with um, 200 at any given time, especially if you've got 200 on each side, there's probably a reasonable excuse why you would want some assistance. Exactly. Um, And something had to give, um, and that was my health. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So at that point, well, actually, I negotiated after the the first year of doing that role, I actually asked for help to my two managers 
And that was conflicting um, tensions there. We know we've ever worked with two bosses who have got their own agendas and want you to put their programs first. Um, so I learnt a lot about myself and negotiation skills in that, that year. Um, so we actually dropped a couple of programs and didn't renew the funding. They pulled someone in to take one of my programs um, and paid her more than they were paying me to run all of them. And there <laughs> you know, that, that, that was a bit of a message. Well, yeah. Well, then I had to train her as well. So, um, yeah, there, was, there were lots of messages, signs from above saying, get the hell out of there. Um, so I did. <laughs> and good. I started my own business using the tools because I found I was good at them and I made a difference in my own life but also um, in other people's lives. And the trainings that I was continuing to do, ongoing programs, I'd find that the other crew and also participants would be coming to me in the breaks and asking me to do processes with them. There you go. So uh, I took that as a sign that I actually was making a difference. Um, so then I packaged them up and, and started my own business. There you go. And and were you? Did you call yourself growing content right from the beginning? I did because I had this little. Um, actually, I checked in with my coach to find out. I mean, I knew I wanted to use the, the tools, neurolinguistic programming, um, neurological repatterning and hypnosis, but I didn't know and I've been told you have to have a niche, have to have a niche, you know, inch wide and mile deep, all the rest of it. Um, and so I went to my coach with a, a list of ideas and um, I told her about the first couple and she said, I uh, can't hear any juice in those. What else is on your list? And then I started telling her about unexplained infertility. And I got excited because that was an issue in my life and in the lives of people around me at the time. So she said, well, that's it. That's what you need to do. And I was way ahead of my time. Um, but that's how I started. I negotiated a place at a natural therapies clinic that people I knew ran and sort of went from there. But the name came, it was a double, growing content as in emotion, but also growing content as in building a baby belly. There you go. But, and that was great at the time when that was my pure focus. Um, but since then, particularly in recent times, people look at the name and see content, uh, sorry, see content as yeah. in writing content. And people yeah. ask me if I will write their content for them. And I say, no, I'll help you feel content and then you'll be able to move through your own stuff and write your own or hire someone. So if nothing else, it's a good conversation starter. It is, except I've started rebranding under my own name. So now ah. I'm And that's to fit in with the speaking side of my business. There you go. So you're transitioning to, towards more speaking? I did a lot of speaking and then I dropped it for a while while I got... Um, because I made the classic mistake of doing everything just because I could, you know, just because you know, <laughs> I did it right. you know, had a bit of a burnout, crash and burn as you do. And so speaking was something I put aside partially. When people invite me, I'll generally say yes, but I wasn't actively pursuing that. So now my health is back on track. Speaking is very much back on the agenda. That's very good. And I'm pleased to hear that the health is back on track. So we read lots about people in small business suffering burnout and stress and all that sort of thing. And we also read from the figures of the Australian Bureau of Statistics, which tells us that some 65% of 
all businesses which begin will fail within three years. And therefore, it's probably difficult to for a lot of people to see what your subject is, feeling successful inside and out. How do we do that? Okay. Imagine you've got a group of business owners, your peers, potential clients, room full of people. You stand up to share your message. Maybe you're the speaker. Maybe it's just a round table. What do you do? You can bluff your way and say the right words. But if you don't feel successful inside, like you don't have that intrinsic um, self-worth, that confidence, it will show through. You know, that element of, well, the term for it nowadays is um, imposter syndrome. Yes. You know, you stand up and you're just waiting for someone at the back to go, wait, you, sit down. You don't know what you're talking about. Who are you to stand up there? You're you know just that an fear? imposter. Yeah. And no matter what level you are in your business, it can pop up because every time you push through your boundaries to the next level, insecurities and fears and self-doubts can raise their ugly heads again. So those fears and self-doubts is what I call head trash. And that's what I help people clear. So then it's easier to push through the next level of your business um, to stretch yourself in a way that you haven't stretched yourself before. And the importance of feeling successful inside is that you don't have all the angst and the fears. You're not waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking, oh, what if I'm stuffed up? What am I doing? What if people don't come? What if they don't like? You know, what if they do point the finger and say, you, what a load of rot. Who do you think you are? Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) That's... uh, It sounds like a considerable journey. Is is this a journey of pain like we were experiencing before we knew we had head trash? No. So it's the head trash that's the the painful part. Fixing it uh, is not. Not the way I do it. I mean, there are some therapies, some techniques that involve dumping people back into their traumatic experiences from the past so they get to relive it again. Yay, what a great idea. Not. Yes, so I, mean, I like that one, Sue. It's just, I think it's so brutally cruel to do that to someone. So any uh, mindset shifting techniques I use don't involve reliving any past trauma. So it's safe, it can be hard work, and you can, it can, um, you can certainly feel exhausted afterwards, some people. They may be tears. Um, usually there's laughter in my sessions because after tears must come laughter. But it's a, um, it breaks the tension, so to speak, um, and it's important. I mean, when you look at us and all our busyness and all the things we're worried about, you take a step back. Most of us just rubbish, really. You know, it's we've create problems out of our mind. And I often, I've actually got one of my talks is called um, Time Travelling for Profit and Pleasure, and that's talking about the TARDIS of our mind and how we time travel, and we can do that to, um, for pleasure and we can do that to create more profit in our life. But what happens is mostly we use it to torture ourselves and go back in the past and relive that terrible experience or that fight or whatever it is. Or we go time travel out in the future and, ima- and imagine a, a scary scenario where we're rejected, we stuff up, we're humiliated, and then, of course, we come back to the present and there's no way you're going to pick up the phone. Like if you've already travelled out there and 
you know, experienced yourself bumbling and stumbling and them telling you what an idiot who want to hire you, there's no way you're going to come back to the present, pick up the phone and actually take action. Yes, so if we if we can create the right movie in our mind and play it often enough, we probably get good results. Yes. But um, you mentioned that uh, a, a lot of this transformation, uh, well, sometimes this transformation uh, encourages tension, tears and laughter. So it's a bit of an emotional journey, I gather. But as you pointed out, it's not as painful as actually not doing it. Hmm. Because once you've gone through the process, and like I said, they're gentle processes anyway. I mean, and tears in my line of work, I, I take as a good sign because tears is either uh, release, so releasing tension, or relief, as in thank goodness she's doing something about it last. And, and either way, that's a good thing. In the early days, I would occasionally attract clients who would try tears as a, an avoidance mechanism. Yes. I soon learned to just, you know, if you're going to persist doing that, we're not the right people to work together. Um, so I just keep going through the tears with those particular people and either they will continue to the point where, you know, session finishes or they move, get over their own stuff and feel safe enough to continue. Because people need to feel safe and they're very vulnerable dealing with these issues. Um, and that's feedback I get from a lot of people that I do feel safe, um, that I'm compassionate and patient and I might, might not have sounded patient just a moment ago, but I am when I'm helping someone clear their head trash. Are there particular techniques one could use in order to allow oneself to feel comfortable to address these things? as in a short tip that I could share that people could use straight away. Um, that would be good, yes. Oh, I'm happy to do that. There's, um, you know, everyone's, every person is different. So the deep level work depends on how much you're carrying, how much baggage you're carrying from the past. Um, but something you can do, and it relates back to that time travel, when you catch yourself, because awareness is the key to everything. If, you, if you're not aware, there's no, you can't change anything. Um, so when you catch yourself time traveling, particularly up to the future and you catch yourself, um, telling yourself a scary story and you'll know because your body's tense, your stomach might be churning, you might be getting a headache coming on. You ask yourself, what if it doesn't happen like that? How will that feel? So two parts. So the, how it works is the, um, what if it doesn't happen like that? is a little reminder to yourself that it's actually not real. You're just making up that story. They might absolutely love you and, you know, want to hire you for the rest of your life. And the how will that feel brings your body back because when you um, are time travelling in your mind, your body doesn't know it's not real. So, and you've probably experienced if you relive an argument, you feel tense. If you're going somewhere where you're going to be rejected, you feel um, anxious. So asking yourself how will that feel when the opposite happens, the good stuff, brings you back to neutral. And if you've got a really good imagination, which many people have, you can actually use it to give yourself a buzz. In order that we could look on the positive side. And it's, you have to be careful. Yeah, positive thinking. Some people have a negative reaction to positive thinking <laughs> because yes. they think you know, a Pollyanna, oh, everything's lovely, lovely, lovely. No. <laughs> you travel out and instead of 
fixating that that is the only outcome, that terrible rejection outcome, you remind yourself it could actually be the opposite. Yes. That you handle things beautifully, you handle the objections beautifully. You know, you are there on time, cool, calm, collected. You connect with them. And then you come back to the present. By all means, see things going wrong in the future, but come back to the present and either make sure it doesn't happen or be prepared so if it does, you know, you can deal with it. Like an interview, for example, or a sales meeting, think of the objections they might have. See, seeing these sort of things you're saying gives us an opportunity to address what could be an outcome and then take steps that might allow us to have a different outcome. Exactly. So yeah. pleasure and profit rather than pain and um, poverty. Now, I know you've written a book called The Face Within, How to Change Your Unconscious Blueprint. Would you explain what the unconscious blueprint is and what part it has to play in business success? Okay, so your unconscious blueprint is your internal image of yourself, literally a picture, um, because that's you know, the most effective way for us to store information. Um, and that picture can be of your chronological age. It can be empowering. It can be disempowering. It might be considerably younger than your chronological age. So if you think of, you might be aware that we've got a conscious and an unconscious mind or subconscious, depending on what your school you follow. Yes. So, you know, words. Um, so if you think of your conscious mind as the captain on board your ship of life, Below deck are your crew or your unconscious mind. Now, if your captain and crew aren't communicating effectively, your ship of life isn't going to sail smoothly. It's going to zigzag, it might stall, it might turn around and go backwards. Okay? Your unconscious blueprint is like your specifications manual and map that your crew are using to make decisions. Mm -hmm. So if that specifications manual is out of date, so, for example, it should be version 45, your chronological age, but it's actually version 14. Your crew are going to make very different decisions. True? Yes, yes, following. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, and that's when it can be in disempowering. So, it needs to be updated to your chronological age. Um, and it also needs to be empowering. Um, because if your unconscious blueprint is of this little cowering, mousy person, well, no matter how much positive self-talk you do or affirmations or courses, you're not going to feel that confident person inside and you won't have to show up on the outside or you might have to bluff your way through, but the, the, um, the price you pay for that is enormous. Yeah, you, you miss the flow, I, I think you're saying, and uh, things simply don't work. It, well, it becomes hard work. It becomes hard work. And you think about a, um, showing up to a business meeting, a 14-year-old taking the reins is going to give you very different results to a 45-year-old. You know, sometimes a 14-year-old can be useful in terms of enthusiasm and energy and let's jump in, boots and all, and other times they can be totally inappropriate or too awkward or too shy, too uncomfortable. Yes, as you, were, as you were saying that, Sue, I was imagining a few meetings I'd been to where it would have been really, really good if a 14-year-old had been in, in control. Absolutely. So we have, have um, at least one 
unconscious blueprint ourselves, and they can be more than one. For example, um, a gentleman I worked with, extremely successful in business, um, but hopeless when it came to romance. Like the thought of asking a woman out on a date turned into a blithering mess. And he had two unconscious blueprints. One of the successful, confident business person he is, mm-hmm. and one of a, a spotty face, Coles trolley boy. Okay. So it would be the, the confident businessman who would actually know that he should be able to ask a woman, attractive woman out on a date, but it was the you know, spotty-faced trolley boy who got laughed at by all the girls that he fancied that would show up and make a mess of it all. So we needed to update or optimise that um, the 14-year-old up to his chronological age. So then we could have the, you know, the attractive businessman who can be successful in business but also successful in his personal life. And this is something that works for anybody who is looking to become more clear on what it is they do and to grow in some way that might help their business? Yes. If you don't, if you, you know, you don't feel as confident as you expect yourself to be, not as grown up as you think you should be, Absolutely. You know, the fears and doubts if you feel anxious. We also have unconscious blueprints of other people, and that has enormous impact on workplace dynamics, um, your ability to call in um, debts to you know, get invoices paid. Because what happens is if you've got an unconscious blueprint of someone else and you put them up there on a pedestal or else demonise them, make them a big scary monster, rather than just a human being who scratches and does all the other bodily functions, um, you can be intimidated and then that stops you from actually showing up as um, peers. Because, I mean, it doesn't matter how rich you are, how successful, how smart, whatever. We've all got the same intrinsic worth. And once you get that, that's where your personal power comes from because you know that no one's better or worse than you. We're different different skills and different abilities to bring to the table, but no one's better or worse. So you're not putting anyone below you, not putting them down, and you're not putting them above you. And then that makes it easy to communicate because you're not intimidated and you're not dismissing someone who could actually be an enormous asset to you. Indeed. And this, of course, all comes from a clarity of understanding who we are. Yes. But it all starts with us. All about me or you. You know, it does. Indeed. So now some of us, and I I don't want you looking too closely at me when I ask this question, but some of us (laughs) carry an extra kilo or two. I can only (laughs) see it from the shoulders up. (laughs) What part does that have to play in business success? A surprising amount, actually. On the obvious, your health. You know, if your health isn't on track, you don't have the energy and the enthusiasm to to actually enjoy the journey. You just get bogged down and tired and susceptible to whatever bugs are going around. If you're carrying some extra um, fat storage, that's a sign that you've been eating when you're not actually hungry for food. So to me, and I've been studying this over the past 12 months or so, the Embraining Energetics Program, um, getting my coaching certification in it. But it's a sign that you've been eating when you're hungry for something else. 
And whether that's something else is um, whether you're feeling lonely or tired or bored or stressed or frustrated, um, maybe you need to stop, maybe you need to start something, you're procrastinating. And there's lots of different reasons why we eat um, when we're not hungry for food. But they're all signs that there's, there's stuff, there's head trash, there's things that you can do so you can reconnect to your gut wisdom and so you can be more effective, you can think more clearly, you can be the best you possible and have the energy you need um, without lugging all that storage around. Because what happens when you eat, when you're not actually hungry for food, whatever um, feeling um, you're trying to smother, you know, drown out if it's alcohol, drown out or smother, that emotion gets stored in the fat cells. And then when you release them, and this will scare people silly because it did for me when I was learning this, um, when you release um, that fat storage, that emotion comes back out again because it hasn't been dealt with. And that's why when people go on strict diets or detoxes or do have the lap band, um, it's a horrible experience because all of that stuff comes out like a tsunami rather than being gradual and dealt with. Um, and it's developed right from birth. When we're little, when we're babies, you know, babies, when they're hungry, they cry. You know, they get fed. When they've had enough, they spit out the nipple or the, um, the bottle and, you know, close their mouth or turn their little head away. But we've been taught that, you know, all babies are the same, so they all need this amount of um, formula and whatever, whether they want it or not. They have to have those last little spoonfuls of food. You know, you can't get up from the table till you finish what's on your plate. Um, so our communication with our gut and our understanding what our body actually needs just gets distorted right from, and it's not that parents are evil or doing the wrong thing. You just do what you're taught to do as parents. But that continues. And instead of food just being something, a pleasurable activity that you do to give yourself nourishment and energy, to get on with life and then you go up and enjoy life and then later when you're hungry you'll eat some more. Food has just become our answer for everything. It's our solution to everything, which then causes enormous health issues. You know, you have a look at, and you know, we used to laugh at America being a fat country, but where Australia's right up there now with them. And you just have a look around how much. And myself, I was doing the same thing in terms of um, smothering pain from family deaths and some relationship issues and the pressure of work. Um, and that's why we're looking for a solution because my energy levels had dropped um, right down and I knew something seriously. I needed to do something. And then when I discovered this, it was like, okay, that's what I need to do for me. And in doing so, hopefully I'll come, you know, I'll learn some tools and techniques I can teach to other people. Um, and that's certainly the case. So I shared 12 kilos during last year. Still got some more to go. So yeah, that's story. Well, well yeah. done. Yeah. Um, that suggests that we've learned certain behaviours and, well, essentially turned them into a habit. Yes, exactly. Habits, um, crutch. And there's other elements in terms of relating it to business because then there's all sorts of um, studies being done on this in terms of how people view success, what an image of success looks like, and is never someone with a pot belly. 
So if you're standing up, and particularly um, on your, depending on your line of business, and this is where it got me because I knew when I was standing up to public speak, I'm talking about mindset and success and connecting to yourself, and I'm carrying extra weight. Well, I didn't feel congruent. I was starting to feel the imposter syndrome. And I see that with other people. Um, protect, I mean, I'm part of Professional Speakers Australia seeing different ones and they're standing up saying, follow me, I've got the answer, this is the way to success. And I look at them and think, well, if your body doesn't look successful, I don't want your version of success because I've followed other people's versions of success before. And, you know, my version of success is the health, the wealth in that order. You know, have time to, to do things. So... You know, part of the problem is following someone else's idea of success, even though it might not match your family commitments, your own values, your own interests. You know, once you get into business, as you know, there's so many experts out there telling you the one right way to do it. And, you know, it's not We have plenty of those. We have plenty of those. And, of course, uh, from what you just said there, it's a very individual thing that uh, each individual sees their success in a different way unless, of course, they're seduced by these ones who want to tell us that it's this way or that way. So this is the sort of thing I gather that you can help with. Yes, I help people connect more, clear their head trash out of the way, so all that old programming and the labels that they've been wearing since childhood. Um, and reconnect to their own personal power. And when I'm talking about personal power, I'm not talking about the big egotistical chest thumping, oh, I'm fabulous, get out of my way. And this is being calm, confident, centred, knowing who you are, liking who you are. And if I suggest that if you don't like who you are, well, you know, you don't know yourself at that deepest level, but you've got some head trash in your way. Clear sense of direction and absolute faith in your ability to get there whether that means learning new skills, um, studying, meeting new people, doing things a different way, doing joint ventures, whatever it is. But it comes from you. Personal power comes from inside, and that's where your success comes from, inside. You know, Anthony um, Bourdain, that chef that committed suicide, and I just had a little blank on her name, the handbag designer, people looked at them and thought they were successful, but they obviously didn't feel successful inside. Yes, so essentially that strength that you're talking about, that, that comes from knowing oneself and knowing what, one, what will actually make one comfortable. Yes, exactly. What, yeah, what you value basically it comes down to. And I remember a coach I was working with, he got, and he could see that I was getting tangled up in someone else's version of success. And he actually got me to write down all the elements of my version of success, a successful life. And then he got me to work out the dollar amount roughly and then add it up and see how much that would cost per year. And it was so much less than I thought I had to strive for. Yes. No, I'm, me personally, I'm happy playing in the dirt. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that sort of took the pressure off because I thought, well, I don't have to strive for that. I don't need a million dollars a year. Two fifty is fine. Two hundred fifty thousand. The grub and me would be happy with much less. But, you know. but indeed, that is a very uh, good exercise because it does help you align what your real views are with 
with what you can achieve or want to achieve. Exactly. And that's not using it as a cop-out to say, oh, well, you know, it wasn't meant to be. That's just not who I am. It's still about um, living your purpose. And to me, to my mind, your purpose is to be the very best you possible. No one else, you. So polish your skills, bring your talents to the table, be the very best you possible and create your life around what makes your heart sing, not someone else's version of how many dollars you need in your bank to be successful. Absolutely. Good advice there, Sue. And, um, okay, we've got to, we need to clear out whatever trash we're carrying upstairs and uh, together clearing that out and a little bit of exercise might clear out a few of those extra kilos. Well, absolutely, and exercise actually movement. Like if exercise is a dirty word, just call it movement. Movement. Like movement. Pardon? I like that. I think movement is probably better than exercise. Well, exactly, because some words have really nasty connotations for people, and really it's movement. Now, what about this second book? This second book sounds uh, a little bit uh, away from what you've been doing. This second book called The Call to Adventure. Answering the Call to Adventure. Answer, sorry, Answering the Call to Adventure, yes. So that's a bit of a, a nod to Joseph Campbell. Um, it's also the basis of um, some of my adventurous travel tales from all over the world because I've done a lot in Africa and South America and Asia and Europe and around the place. And like I said, I like playing in the dirt, so I haven't been isolated from local communities. Um, but it came because people were interested in that. But also it's part of my identity as being an adventurer ever since I was really little. Mm-hmm. But I'd reached the point, and this is where the extra weight came in and being overstressed and you know, doing the crash and burn, um, something would come up in conversation about, I don't know, maybe trekking and being charged by a silverback gorilla or walking across the Australian Simpson Desert with camels or trekking in you know, Nepal, whatever it is. And people would look at me and go, really? You? Gee, I would never have thought that. And like, that was like sticking a knife into my heart. <laughs> so the idea of writing um, this book was to reinforce to myself that who I am, like reclaiming my identity. Because, you know, when you're unwell, you tend to lose your identity and energy. It's also I've got, you know, both the wisdom and the fog of hindsight so mm-hmm. I can, you know, get the messages in there as well, hopefully inspire people to um, follow their own sense of adventure. And you don't have to be playing in the dirt overseas to be having an adventure. An adventure could be ordering a different type of coffee in a different cafe. You know, it's adventure adding spark and interest to your life. Um, And... You know, you tell people, people say, you know, you have to love yourself. You've probably heard that. Until you love yourself, you can't love other people. Well, for me, loving yourself, that self-care, that connecting, knowing who you are, feeling successful inside, um, means answering your own call to adventure. And that little voice that keeps saying, oh, write that book or, you know, stuff it, buy a Ferrari, whatever it is. Because um, once you answer your own call to adventure, then only then can other people really see you for who you are um, and in love you in the way that your heart truly desires. And that's your personal family, that's your friends, that's your clients. You know, people want to buy from real people, connect with real people. 
Um, and if you're not feeding your well and feeding your sense of adventure, well, then you're going to burn out in business anyway. It's just going to be a slog. You're going to have a heart attack and drop dead one day at your desk. Uh, and there's not much happening after that. So <laughs> Exactly. What a waste. But uh, yeah, you, you mentioned the uh, you know, slogans and what have you that we have that you have to love yourself. Um, we hear many of those sort of slogans, but often we aren't shown what they mean, how to, how to actually take advantage of them. So that's what you're looking to help with here. Yes, and I, you know, when I'm talking with someone, their language, because neuro-linguistic programming is all about language, um, I can hear the red flags that tell me that they're not owning their issue or they're blaming someone else or they've accepted a label that some cranky adult from their past has slapped on their forehead um, and ways that they're actually holding themselves back. And I've just lost track of watch you asked me so can you please ask that question again <laughs> <laughs> when you ask a question i've got oh, i can answer like that or answer like that or answer it like that that's the reason i've got and indeed you were doing a good job of answering because <laughs> okay. so got it, it's such a broad subject that there there are so many things that uh, are put to us as slogans or very similar or simple statements which can have very negative effects. Uh, I, I think of many, many people I've known who've complained that uh, as children or, or even as adults, that um, people that they see as leaders or you know, in essentially their parents when they're kiddies, mm -hmm. uh, put that idea out of your head. Well, it's always bothered me that I don't know how to put an idea out of my head. I think once it's there, it's there. Well, the secret to that is that you write it down file it away, and then you need to replace it with something else. Basically. So we, we, we actually bring another idea to the fore. <laughs> we yeah. don't put the idea out there. Before you head. do that, you need to find a way to disprove the idea. That it's, but, you know, when someone else tells you to do that, well, you know, it has to be your choice. Indeed. And, and the only way we can make a choice is to be clear about the options. Is that Exactly. The benefits of the options yes. or the, the amount of pain that the existing one will actually, you know. And that's the thing, until you, and that's why I said awareness is the first step, because until you're aware of how much pain your thoughts and your feelings are inflicting on yourself, yourself, your business, your relationships, your health, well, then you're not going to do anything. You'll just drag yourself out of bed every day, creaking and groaning and moaning, you know, and then you'll eventually get to the end of the day talk about hump wednesday and thank god it's friday and damn it's monday and it's groundhog day again <laughs> well exactly what sort of life is that but people forget that they've got a choice and choices of course are usually prompted by having uh, found some gold nuggets somewhere of information i'm talking of course not a gold nugget for money <laughs> oh i would be fine <laughs> indeed we can go with either what's the best tip sue that you've received from a business conversation get a coach because without my own coach i wouldn't have you know fine-tuned and wouldn't have got myself up and going i'd oh i'd be sick i'd be a mess by now without her help 
back then and I've had a series of coaches. You get one, you know, you utilise them. And you might have different coaches. Say I work with business coaches because I do the mindset, you know, and there's people that specialise in health and relationships. So, you know, so you wouldn't doubt you'd think a sports team would be crazy not to have a coach. Mm-hmm. So why do business people think they don't need a coach? And, you know, different types of coaches. So tap into other people's expertise because that external accountability, um, the safe place to confess, you know, there's all this stuff about vulnerability on social media and all the rest. But, you know, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Be vulnerable to someone who can help you. Don't be vulnerable to your clients and your team. Say, I'm a blithering mess. Sorry, guys. That's not going to help your business or your team. You confess, you know, be vulnerable to your mentor or your coach and get help. Absolutely. (laughs) Professing that in the wrong place does does not instill confidence in your business, does it? Exactly. And (laughs) never... Never hire a coach who doesn't have a coach, him or herself. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you, one of the things I always love, I look to see who's ahead. So if they're getting coached by someone who I can't yet afford, well, that's great because that wisdom will trickle down to me. And then I trickle it down. So, you know, that's advice I got, which I still follow. Excellent. What's the top piece of advice you would like to give our listeners today? Well, I've got a book full in the, the Face Within, How to Change Your Unconscious Blueprint. That's a DIY head trash clearing tip. Mm-hmm. Um, be aware that you have internal programming that can be changed. You're not stuck with who you think you are unless you choose to be stuck. So in the end, it comes down to our choice. Absolutely. It's always your choice. Yep. When people feel stuck, it's because they don't like the choices they can see. So having external, that's where a coach is in value because he or she can come in and see alternatives that you actually can't at the moment, mm-hmm. ways to get unstuck. You've always got a choice. It's just if you think you can't, you just don't like the alternatives or the consequences. There's always consequences. Yeah, indeed. Uh, good advice, Sue. Before we get away, a couple of more things. Is there an offer that you'd like to make to Business Conversation listeners today? Okay. Um, on my website, suelester.com, um, they can access my De-Stress Your Mind series of video um, tips and techniques, only one to two minutes long, but, you know, they're ones you can apply, for example, the time travelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can turn it around for profit and pleasure. If you're interested in ditching dieting for life, um, there's an energetics quiz. So just contact me via um, the website and I'll send that to you. See if it's for you. Um, and you can also book a com- complimentary 15-minute session. <laughs> and uh, while you do that, um, they're very good things. And, of course, uh, you, you mentioned that they're only one to two minutes. Well, the, only one to two minutes is not meant to belittle them. The facts are that those little gems, if you like, are extraordinarily powerful, those one to two minute videos. Yes, and I said only for the people who think they don't have time. Indeed. No excuse, one to two minutes. Yeah, it doesn't take long to allow a gem to filter through. Most importantly, before we finish up, uh, how can our listeners connect with you? We know they can find you at uh, suelester.com and Lester is L-E-S-T-E-R. That's right. Um, also on LinkedIn. Um, but if you send me a connection request, please say where, why 
where you came from, just so I know that you're not going to um, tell me stuff I don't need. <laughs> or um, introduce, you to, um, uh, introduce you to the, the money of a deceased relative, eh? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Sue, so much for being part of uh, Business Conversations. Appreciate your input greatly, and hopefully there are a tremendous number of people out there who have heard your story and who will get in touch with you and make their life in business somewhat easier because that's what we're about here at Business Conversations. It's making life easier for people in business. Uh, and as I frequently say to people when they ask me what, a sh what should a business give you, I say a life. Exactly. You have to last the distance. First and foremost, a life. A life. Otherwise, why bother? <laughs> Indeed. Thank you, Sue. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome, Clive. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enever. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app and you can find more business resources at cliveenever.com.au.